Welcome. Whoa. <laughs> That's a tad bit loud. You didn't set my mic properly. I said it for exactly what you were talking, not your, like, <laughs> overly explosive <laughs> intro. Jeez. Well, welcome, welcome to the Unext Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. I'm Nick. I'm Michael. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Andre. Hey. And we're here for another week, fresh off of our 24-hour gaming marathon. Fresh wouldn't be the word I'd use. Oh, we're hardly fresh. <laughs> One of you only just got up. It, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been all kinds of fun, really. <laughs> I would like to point out that I was up for most of the day. It's just that, I don't know, about two o'clock or something like no i've had it i'm going back to bed (laughs) (laughs) so uh we had our 24-hour gaming marathon on over the weekend from saturday 12 o'clock to sunday 12 o'clock so we are still recovering a bit from it yeah tuesday's still going to be a fun time yeah you say we I did leave you guys yes yes Yes. you were you know you were lucky you could just get up and leave (laughs) I, i was just saying the royal we Mm. <laughs> so, we might not have as much energy today. Yeah. Well, I can compensate. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, going off of your intro, you, you seem to be just fine, Nick. Yeah, I've been lying down most of the day. Yeah, sounds fair. I had to drive to Glen and back again. Ooh. Except for you didn't actually drive. Mal drive and I, I drove. Supervised <laughs> and looked at. Things. And fell asleep. There were nice. There was a lot of snow between Armadale and Gyra. Oh, really? Oh, was oh great. yeah, heaps. There was actually a big stack of it on the side of the road. Oh, so it didn't melt. Um, it melted by the time we were coming back, but when we were leaving, it was like eight a.m. or something in the was morning. This, by the time uh, we got yeah. there. So this was yesterday. This was this morning. Today. This morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it snowed again last, last night. night. Yeah, as well. So. Yeah, like looking at the front and seeing snow on the ground. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Mm. Go back inside, being too cold. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Outside of Mary White, I swear, I swear, I saw a fox darting around on the snow. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, to be there honest. Are foxes mm. around here. Yeah, there's enough rabbits to feed them. Yeah. Um. So, other than, I guess we could ask what we got up to to a games night. But I mean, I I know the answer to that question, <laughs> but our audience doesn't. Yeah. Um, so, Nick, I mean, you were just sort of barbecue guy and running around oh. fixing everything, weren't you? I, I was work guy. I, I swear, in the whole um, 24 hours, I played a bit of Vive, and like I sat down on my computer just like, and now what do I play? Mm. <laughs> just sit there, just stare at the screen blankly. Yeah. I did end up playing a little bit of a game called The Room, which I highly enjoy. And I would recommend anybody to go and play it because it's um, what it is is a little puzzle game. Okay. And it's very good quality and stuff. The puzzles um are all fairly like both simplistic and can be a bit challenging at times. Hmm. Why would you want to play something like that at um like three a.m. in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> because I was looking on my Steam library and I was going like, I don't want to play that. I don't feel like playing that. Uh. This game. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to find a game. That's maybe something we should do do some fun for. Find a, a chill game. Just a game that you, you play when you don't want to play anything else. Yeah. It's you mean just, Battlefront 2. The, <laughs> uh, see, first-person shooters basically as a whole just be kicked out of that category, I think. Yeah. It's just too much. They're a bit intense for what could be called a 
chill game. Well, what do you mean by? Because the older ones are a lot easier to just get yourself into the flow with compared to the new ones where it's literally dart around a corner and then duck because somebody's shooting you with 50 bullets. I think it's the whole thing of how much effort is involved and, <laughs> um, you know, ridiculous hours of the morning to how much you would actually want to yeah. play anything. <laughs> it's a question of I don't really want to do anything. <laughs> Um, but I want to do something. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. <laughs> That's yeah, we, typically what happens for me. Yeah, we did look at a bit of YouTube that you put on. Mm-hmm. So, yep. YouTube's fun. YouTube's good. What about you, Michael? What did you get up to? Um, well, we did... Um, I think the first game that you did was with me. Yeah, I played a game with you, Andre. Yeah. Um, it was Tobruk on Men of War Assault Squad. Yeah. Assault Squad's a good game. It's a very micromanaging micromanaging game. RTS, but it is, it's got a lot of detail in it. You know, to the point where you have to run around your soldiers to pick up enemy helmets because helmets are just the best. And also, you have to refill your your tanks and trucks. Yeah, everything comes out of ammo and runs out of fuel, and it's just it's a big deal. Um, then after that, I. I don't even know what I was doing. I was just running around, like, making sure everyone had stuff, moving tables and mm. things. Yeah, there was a lot of just things to do. Yeah. I mean, we're probably the worst people to be asking, it's like, what did you do over 24-hour game site? Because, you know, my friend, he played, like, hours of Gorn and stuff like that. <laughs> and, you know, played all the games, did all the fun things. He's like, and then it's us. It's like, yep, I barbecued sausages in a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I guess people are just going to hear the back end of it. Yeah. What it's like from the back. Kind of sucked that the Strode didn't give us, like, any of the stuff we'd asked for. Yeah, we asked for a couple of things to be provided, and it was like, we got Damn there it. We got there on the day, and it's was just like, oh, I guess we're running around for, like, the next three hours. Did mm. they even give you the key? Oh, it was already open. Yeah, it was already open. That, that's the one thing that they did do. Because, um, like, we started at 12, but by the time we were, like, fully prepared and everything was, like... Well, we didn't. We, well, we started... I don't know when you got there because I went back to my college, but... We got set... We started setting up around 20 past 10, was it, Jen? Yeah, that's when... That's when we arrived. Mm. You guys only finished around about 1. <laughs> I remember because I got there around about 12.15. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say, like, by the time we actually had set up everything proper and had like everything done and you know everything oh, was, was like good in working order that we could go play games <laughs> it was four o'clock yeah <laughs> wasn't that when you got back from the mega shopping trip yes yes <laughs> and for me too <laughs> well you see my thing was that i played mario kart while they were on their shopping trip for like a couple of rounds like three or four rounds of mario kart and then i kind of went and got the, the jar and uh then I played TF2 at like 6 a.m. in the morning or something. Yeah. <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it turns out the pl- most of the, the vast majority of the players on that game at two in the at what was it, six in the morning we were playing? Mm-hmm. They're not very good. <laughs> I could imagine. <laughs> They've probably also been up for twenty four hours. I uh, know, right. Or or they're on the American server. <laughs> no, there's a whole bunch on there's um, plenty on the Sydney servers, but it's ah, just none of them were good. <laughs> right. Yeah, if it was Sydney servers, of course it would be bad. Uh, if it was the American ones, you just have various things like lag. Mm. Although, to be honest, Americans connect to um, Australian servers and still get fairly decent pings. Mm. Yeah. Because they've got decent internet, which is nice. Yeah. Um, 
What about you, Andre? You didn't stay for the whole 24 hours, but... <laughs> yeah, so what happened was that I helped you guys with setting up the computers and just helping around putting things up. Around about 1.30, I'd finally managed to log in. However, then the computer needed to update. <laughs> and then by the time that had finished, I had logged into Steam again, put all my things in front of it, and then headed off to get lunch because I hadn't eaten that day. <laughs> So uh, me and two other guys, we went on for, I think it was about an hour long trip because we went to Neville's Chips. And well, we got chips from Neville's. Then we got, uh, I got them burgers from uh, Hungry Jack's. And then uh, we also had to stop off at Hamish's uh, place in order to get his computer. And roughly at that point, that's when it started snowing. Why would you go to Hungry Jack's to get burgers when you went to Neville's to get chips? Because the burgers at Neville's are amazing but expensive. Yes. Yeah, but you can get like a works burger for 10 bucks or something. Yes, and how much is a normal burger? How much is a smaller burger over at Hungry Jack's? I've got like no idea. $2.30. Well, there you go. Right. So, I still admit I do prefer Neville's to Hungry yeah. Jack's, but <laughs> in a pinch. Yeah. Mm. And after we did that, so we finally got back. That was around about the time that you had enough free time so that we could do Men of War Assault Squad. Mm. Uh, so that was about, I think it was an hour and a half that we were playing that for. Sounds about right. Then to be you honest. had to take a pretty long break from that. <laughs> that you were uh. also very busy afterwards. Mm. And then after that, I had a Men of War Assault Squad uh, battle with the guy in charge, I think it's Jackson who's in charge of the Anime Society. Mm. Sounds about right, yeah. Yep, yeah, so uh, we did a nearly. We went. We played until nearly 11 o'clock. Yeah, you guys were going a really long time. Yeah. And we never finished the mission. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kept on running out of fuel for his tanks, oh. and then he kept on sending his... He didn't understand it, but he kept on sending his very weak armored tanks at the front of the line, uh. right next to the Russian soldiers with Molotov cocktails. Yeah. So all of a sudden... His tanks were all either exploded from enemy tanks or they were set on fire. Though I was pretty bad. I'd uh, I'd already captured a few Mark V1s, MK1s or whatever, the really, really thick-armored Russian tanks. That was set on fire by Molotov and I could do nothing to save it because the fire would just burnt into the engine. (laughs) Yeah. And we'd just taken out the enemy howitzers, which had prevented us from moving over halfway through the map by the time we had to stop because he had to leave because it was nearly 11. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the problem with those games. Well, that one in particular as well is that sometimes it can really drag on. I'd have stayed in for longer if I hadn't just exhausted myself through that massive playthrough. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Lucky you, you got to go away and sleep like a normal person. (laughs) Well, you could have laid down on the couch. Nobody got time for sleep when you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, that that's the unfortunate truth. Mm. Delegate. <laughs> it's that's, between the three of us. That's my job to do, delegate other people. So that's why I could have had a sleep. That's why Jen guards the jar. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh. Because I don't want to. Yeah. And then by the time I came back yesterday morning, it wasn't even morning anymore. You'd done your final serving of pancakes by the time I arrived. No, we went and got more. Yeah, we had no, to No, no, no. I was there for the final one that you did. Mm. I think it was around 9.30. Sounds about right, actually. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then uh, I managed to do a game of Hearts of Iron. The problem was by the time I'd managed to finish setting up the start of the game, 
Well, that was when the 24-hour period ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, rip. So over an hour spending, t- an hour of time spent trying to just get everything right so I could just press play. <laughs> and now by the time I play it, oh no, the game society's open tomorrow. Mm. So uh, yeah, if it was another week, the game probably would have already been updated and I'd have had to do a new setup. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oof. Anyways, with that, we might go on to a music break. <laughs> because, you know. We've been talking ages, mm. probably. I don't know. I think uh, it's only been about like ten minutes. Uh, well, let's do an early one for once, <laughs> <laughs> and we can prep up for the next subject. Yay! I can do research and find out what what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's going on? Um, yeah. So you've been listening to Tune FM 106.9 and the Unix Radio Show, and we will be back after the break. There's something in the way you roll your eyes Takes me back to a better time When I saw everything is good But now you're the only thing that's good Trying to stand up on my own two feet This conversation ain't coming easily And darling, I know it's getting late so what do you say we leave this place? Walk me home in the day tonight. I can't be alone with all that's on my mind. Mm-hmm. So say you'll stay with me tonight. Cause there is so much wrong going on outside. There's something in the way Everyone else has left now I bet that this got you stressed out Wondering 
Back to the Unex Radio Show, 106.9, Tune FM. And we're going to talk about E3 and the most recent really big stuff up they have done, Mm. which may not be that recent. Do you want to start at the beginning of the timeline or just at the end? Well, like, I don't know much about um, E3 as a thing. I just know about this scandal because it is massive. Yeah. So, uh, can you give us like, because as as I understand it, this was released by, or rather, brought to the attention of a single journalist who then tried to spread it around. Do you want to start from there, perhaps, so people can get an idea of the timeline and we can talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So, um, somebody at E three told the journalist that um, there was everybody's personal data from the latest E3 online, free to access that anybody could find. Free to access, hidden behind absolutely nothing. Every single um, uh, journalist, journalist, journalist who and attended. Holder. And stall mm. holder. Mm. All of their personal details were released online, no security whatsoever. So things like their... Um, personal address, email address, Phone numbers, companies, yeah, yeah companies. But lots of these, lots Even of like YouTubers had, you know, yeah. their personal yeah. details up as well as you know all different journalists and. Mm. And the thing is, is that then they later found out that it isn't the first time it's happened. Previous years we've had the same thing. And like that's. And so um, the journalists were contacted E three and was like. Yo, this is this is really bad. Do something about it. And E three said, No, no, that's just fine. So she contacted a, um another more well known journalist and he contacted E three and they're like, Oh, right, okay. So some people are actually getting wind of this now. Apparently they even knew that this was an issue 
well and truly before it was an issue. <laughs> so, like, like six months before E3, they were talking. They they knew that this was up, and it was a liability. Yes, and they did nothing about it. <laughs> what? Sounds like E3. Yeah. Like it's just like how could they let that happen? Like you would think that if they're gathering this information you're going to have it with some type of encryption. Well, they don't even have a privacy policy for people who, you know, they don't, they just say, give us your details. They don't have any privacy policy attached to it. Really? Yeah. That was one, that was why one journalist was like, uh, you know, after all they said, I'm really glad that I didn't give them my details because I said, you guys don't, because I asked them, you guys don't have a privacy policy. Uh, Do you keep this information? What do you do with it? Apparently, just leave it out there on the internet for any, you know, anybody to get their hands on. Hmm. Well, that's just ridiculous how that could actually, like, why they would make... Yeah, why they would make that decision. Well, um, basically, the reasoning that E3 has... Let me see if I can find it... Was um, they provide uh, so E3 is run by a group called the ESA, Electronic Standards Association. I believe mm. that's their name. Basically, they're the big lobby group that everyone is kind of involved in. Yeah. Um, they provide ex- uh, ESA members and exhibitors a media list on a they say password protected exhibition uh, exhibitor site, so they can invite you to E3 press events. Except that it wasn't password protected; it was just public public access just click on it you just click on it and you download the file Um, so basically the reason that they kept all those details was so that uh, anyone who went to their events and paid the premium for that access could then be given your personal details so that they could get in touch with you oh so you know they're doing they're doing the whole you know sell personal details thing but just really badly (laughs) they gave it away for free jeez and the worst thing was was that um, the journalist who first got hold of the leak waited until they pulled it down to, you know, leak it to the world. <laughs> and um, then she got crucified because they didn't clean it up properly. Yeah. So um, Cloudflare has a service which, you know, Cloudflare is, you know, hosts like literally mm. everyone, has a thing where uh, if your website goes down and you're hosted by them, they can cache it and provide access to it. Mm. even after the website's down. So the ESA took down the website and Cloudflare had cached it so people could still access it and download it. But she hadn't realized that. She was just told, we've taken down the website, but if you went via Cloudflare's Cloudflare's caching, Mm. you could still do it. Which is like something that I literally just, you know, discovered that's what they did. Like two minutes ago, I doubt that some journalist is going to know that but everyone's crucifying her for, you know, reporting on it before it was, you know, but, wiped clean. But yeah. how could she not know about this? The Wayback Machine and Internet Archive have been around for at least a decade and a half. You can watch YouTube videos from two, back in 2008 on there still. Yeah, well, sadly, you know, some people just don't know about that sort of thing. So, in you know, she ma- did make mistakes in, you know, reporting about I it. I wouldn't have known about that. <laughs> I think it's because uh, my sort of content, they get worried about the ban lists, uh, largely because the same issue what you're going to bring up shortly. Mm. 
uh, yeah, that's um, that's all kinds of fun. Yeah. So content creators are getting you know sent tweets of the photos of their house and you know calls and threats and things like that because people know now know how to contact them and things like that. So that's just terrible. Yeah. I mean, being a public figure is one thing, but having all your information revealed to the world mm. because somebody wants to email you. So, sorry, somebody wants to sell your email address so that other companies can contact you saying, hey, come do this. Mm. So. I mean, how, how does E3 recover from this? Because, you know, that how you how can anybody trust them to you know not do that again after they've just done it massively and they knew it was a security thing and didn't do anything about it beforehand well i don't really know that they do to be honest there's one news site that i came across that's kind of predicting that e3 will just have publishers and people bail from it because if the journalists aren't there mm. then what's the point in going see also um now with YouTube around, uh, like Nintendo, I'm pretty sure, don't actually go to E3 anymore. They have their own press conference like a week beforehand. Yeah. They have Nintendo Direct. Yeah, which I think is, their last one was last year. No, they had one this year as well. Did they? Yeah. I thought you said they just didn't. No, I, oh, I was saying a Nintendo Direct, not being at E3. Sorry. Um, I know that Sony didn't attend this year's E3. Yeah, they full on just went no, because they can just put publish a video on YouTube and it you know breach a massive audience. Yeah, yeah. I think with 2018, Nintendo was definitely there because it was the games that they released were the most popular that were actually presented. Yeah, Nintendo's always got popular games, at least their first party anyway. Yeah, and yeah, so they're there has been speculation that it is possible that like all of the bigger um i don't know what to call them like publishers and stuff like that like microsoft might not go next year type thing like so it might start slowly dwindling in the amount of companies actually attending Mm. for favor of their own things that they can put on I feel like that the first thing that's going to happen is that nobody's going to show up because that's just too big a security risk to your own personal safety. And the only coverage they will get is from people using uh, videos that are demonetized so they can't cash in on them, which, uh, uh, which will largely be in criticism for anything that they do. Hmm. Hmm. <sighs> So, yeah, it's uh, looking a bit grim at the moment for next year's E3. We have to just kind of sit and wait, really. Yeah. See what eventually turns, like, what eventually happens and see what companies actually decide to attend. And And what journalists do, or if any do. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like, if you know, like, if you know that your personal, like, you put this on a website oh, well, you give this information to them and um, then it is potentially going to be, like, used. Like, especially if people now know that this is a thing and they go, oh, 
So next year's E3 is going to be the same. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, with something like that, you would expect them to, you know, protect your details. Mm. You give them that in good faith. Yeah, you would expect that. Yes. But if they don't provide that protection, especially if they don't actually have a privacy policy and they don't, by legal means, need to protect your information... Like, well, that just says they don't care and, you know, I wouldn't be going back there next year if it was me. <laughs> I just wouldn't give them my information. Yeah, put Very down true. a fake account. Mm. That's what most people on the internet do. Or just buy a... Um, VPN. No, no, no. Um, buy a pass, like oh, a yeah, public yeah. pass, and go. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's, that's only if you're a reporter and not a storeholder. Yeah. Because if you're a storeholder, obviously there's a lot more that needs to go into organising that type of stuff. Except for it wasn't just journalists, apparently. So, you know, Mm. where does that leave storeholders? I feel like... An even greater lawsuit. Well, well, yeah, I guess. Um, So I guess we'll have to see how it goes. Mm. Actually, is there a class action lawsuit? happening or not? I think there's one in the works because, you know, that's a major flaw, but they haven't really seen much on it. They're getting there, I think. Okay. They're just building up a case. Mm. Because the issue is that, for the most part, journalists are small fry, especially people in the games. Mm. So they're not going to, you know, they wouldn't have the clout to really be able to go after something big. Well, they're small fry. What are we? (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, but we can go to E3. Yeah, I think we're krill. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, gods. Um, so, yeah, that was the thing. And then we had another big controversy as well. Yes, back to YouTube, actually. <laughs> which, you know, everybody's going to use YouTube now because nobody wants to go to E3 anymore. <laughs> um, so there was a YouTuber called Submato, um, who for his entire YouTube channel, was doing Borderlands stuff. About seven to nine years of Borderlands content. Mm. So Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, the pre-sequel, and he has done much speculation on Borderlands 3. And um, Take-Two, which is a parent company of 2K, sent private investigators to his house. To investigate... um, Leaks of Borderlands 3? Um, So I heard a story on this, which obviously... We were talking about this in the break a little bit, and it seems like my story is coming from a different side Hmm. of it. Um, Apparently, this guy... um, like I've never watched his YouTube or anything, um, but apparently he... The way he got his information wasn't quite legit. Well, what he was doing was um, Borderlands 3, um, must have been 2K or somebody, they set up Twitch accounts Mm. and um, they record stuff on Twitch accounts. They made them private. But the thing was, was that um, all the Borderlands massive fans all went, right, we'll, we'll, um, we'll subscribe to this and see if they do anything on it. Um, so what happened was when they did any Twitch streaming, even though it was private, um, thumbnails were left that they had access to. Mm. So, I mean, it's not like they particularly broke, you know, he packed it or anything. It's just that that was something that was available that 
they um, 2K obviously didn't realise was a thing. The other thing about him was that he had a Discord about Borderlands 3 that um, was apparently pay to join. But they allegedly paid to join. Mm, and that and was what was that giving... Was, that was one of, the issue, one of the issues that 2K and Take-Two have said, you know, that's why we went after him. But so far they have not actually provided any proof that it was because you go to, you know, his channel's, you know, being deleted now, so you can't do it. You can't check it to see if it, that was the case. But they well, say... Well, the Discord they've straight up deleted, but people who are on the Discord say that it was... Um, based on already leaked information there wasn't new leaked information and, and that it was community it was a community trying to just compile all the leaks from all of these different sources together into one place um the thing um that i heard was that um as you were saying the um the we, thumbnail thing yeah um apparently that was only on the mobile version of twitch and um okay i haven't heard anything about that and that you had to do like some workaround to actually find it properly oh, um so the way you couldn't the the account itself was set to private the the twitch accounts were set to private so you couldn't search and find them mm. but in uploaded official uploaded borderlands 3 content which went to show off the new twitch extension which they were you know saying hey you know Use the Switch extension to get loot from. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pre loot, basically. Um, the actual account name was unintentionally revealed because, mm. you know, the Twitch extension popped up and said, hey, blah, 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 you know, you know, thanks for using our, our thing and, you know, here's your free loot. So people saw that pop up, read the account name, and just plugged that into Twitch and added it mm. so that they could, you know, because the thing is, is that 2K does ARGs, has done ARGs in the past. So people were thinking originally that this was an ARG. Okay, yeah. So, um, but the thing was, is that they went after him specifically when there were other people doing it, inclu including groups like uh, Rooster Teeth and stuff like that. Their Games Leak channel, which has been covering Borderlands for ages now, also has done the same thing. But, of course, that's, you know... Uh, film production company and not just one guy, so well, they're not Rooster touching Teak's him. got its own problems recently, hasn't it? Oh yeah, Rooster Teeth's already had its own problems with 2K. So well, it's also had the uh, they changed uh, payments, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they made it so that people who originally uh, joined with them and paid money to them no longer get their uh, their previous status, so now they have to pay full price instead of getting early investor prices. I don't know anything about that. Neither. I haven't really. Seen. I don't. I don't know a lot about Rooster Teeth. I like some of their stuff, but uh, it's been a real debacle or disaster on their end. They've lost many, many um, uh, supporters, uh, particularly in the last two weeks. Hmm. Well, I mean, Borderlands has kind of done that because um, this was a hardcore fan, and they started by copywriting six of his videos. Sixty. No, six. Six. They I, I, I no, heard they seven. Oh, yeah, okay. they did seven, and then they removed six of those copyrights. All oh, right, okay. And then they flogged him with like a hundred and forty-five copyright strikes or something. There mm. you go. See, um, I think that the um, like people like developers like on stuff that was not copyrightable. Even they mm. put copyright strikes. Um, I was going to say that on 
like leaks happen all the time yes. type thing. But I think that um, where 2K thought that the line was crossed was because you had to pay to get into the private Discord to like see those leaks type thing. Like that was apparently 2K wasn't the one who instigated it all. They just told um, Take Two that somebody in their company they thought was leaking information. So Gearbox Gearbox said, we think we might have a leak, someone breaking their NDA to 2K. 2K then passed that up to Take-Two. And Take-Two has a history of being very aggressive when it comes to anyone who's... Because like, things like, like Activision Blizzard and other people like that, they're just like... Pfft. We don't care. Mm. It leaks happen. Because, you know, there's like a YouTuber who's literally leaking every single detail of the upcoming Battlefields multiplayer. Yeah. It's like, it's so obvious he has an inside source, it's not funny. But they're just like, eh. <laughs> mm. Whereas Take-Two are really aggressive. Because they've done this sort of thing before. Mm. This isn't new. They could always do the Star Wars or Fallout version, which is basically go release all sorts of leaks as a sort of uh, distraction thing so people don't actually know what's coming out because mm. you just have you just have uh, distractions uh, you can't pinpoint what precisely will be coming about well um, several years ago there was a modding group uh, I believe working on getting multiplayer into one of one of the old GTAs Mm-hmm. And Take Two sent um, PIs over to them to, you know, harass them, and then they did everything they could to, you know, shut down the project, and the project was shut down because, you know, modders are, you know, someone in their basement just, you know, doing something because they love the project and and the IP, and if the company's, you know, ruining their lives, they'll stop. <laughs> but um, so. If Take-Two actually do come out with proof of the pay-to-access thing, because so far they haven't, um, then, yeah, that's obviously a big problem. Mm. But um, things like the copyright strikes, that's just another developer blatantly abusing a A broken YouTube system. Yeah. And... um, um, But we were actually having a... a, um, interesting discussion about this is like because this guy's livelihood has been ruined his Mm. you know last seven or seven years of you know pouring his life into it has been erased and he's you know getting medical help now and everything else like that to you know try and just get through it it. and you know his family doesn't know if they can pay bills anymore because he doesn't have an income Mm. yeah sadly seven years of youtube on your resume doesn't exactly Help, help. Well, that's why you put it down as video production. Yeah. Um, so it's like we were like, it's like, what if you know he were to commit suicide or something? How does that? How does you know a corporate harassment? You know, can you take a, cor- a company like that to court for harassing someone to that point? Well, it also would depend on if that person had like previous mental problems because mm. like say if that person was already already mentally fractured mm. and then this was just another thing on top of it mm. that pushed him over the edge it might be less of a case than if he was perfectly fine mm. then this happened and then he got to this state real quick yeah well i mean there's they went after him really aggressively like half of those videos they had no right to copyright a strength 
copyright against because they had no copyright under, material in it. They come under fair use. So. Mm. Well, that's up to YouTube to yeah. decide. To be honest, to be honest, the whole copyright striking fair, striking fair use stuff is an issue with YouTube. That YouTube yeah. just hasn't worked out their copyright claiming system. Like, like if YouTube sees that in like what one day or like in a couple of hours that one person's channel has been copyright striked by the same company like 40, 145 times, you got to see what, like you have to go back and get context for what's happening here. You'd think. Well, in general, the situation's become so bad on YouTube that there's even the YouTubers union, which is taking the YouTube to court in the EU with using EU laws, whereupon YouTubers under the EU are considered employees of YouTuber. Oh, sorry, of YouTube, which means that they actually have rights and that they can't that. and that they can't have their stuff infringed upon because that would be against their employee rights. Mm. Well, that's and kind the of thing is EU, the under EU laws if people have had their pay discounted from them so uh, they've had monetized videos and YouTube hasn't paid them they have to pay all of the money that is backtracked over the years on monetized videos. That would cost them up to estimated a trillion euros. Jeez. So YouTube is either going to have to face this lawsuit, which it looks like it would probably lose if they managed to word themselves correctly, or they have to actually start dealing with these problems. That's why YouTube's been very, very quiet the last few weeks. So I've just brought up the YouTubers Union, which Mm. is the group that Andre said is doing this. And the thing that they want is um, the things that they're fighting for are monetization for everyone, including small channels. Mm. So basically the amount of money you make is directly directly proportional to how much you put up on there and and your viewership. Yeah. Because right now small channels, if if you don't make like really decent viewing hours, you don't get monetized. And it has to be uh, subsistent. It can't just be on the one video. I, it has to be on all of your. Yeah. Videos. So like, if your one YouTube video goes viral, mm. they won't pay you. Yeah. You could have billions of views, and they won't pay you because that's only on one video. It has to be across your entire channel. Yeah, they'd still kn- probably put ads up on that because. Oh yeah, I don't know how that would be. I don't know about that one. Um, they want uh, disabled parts, uh, disabled bots. So at least verified partners, you know, at least people who are, you know, like big names mm. on YouTube have the right to speak to a real person if you plan to remove their channel for copyright strikes. Oh, yeah. You're not just stuck dealing with a computer. Mm. Um, I mean, like all of that stuff, like if a content creator needs to talk to someone, they should get... Like, you know, like every other company, like any telco or Mm. like anything like that, obviously like you ring them up and you get a bot first, but like you should be able to get to a person that can talk to you. That's how it used to be until YouTube, particularly in 2017, decided to streamline everything. Mm. Bots are more efficient. I get the bots more efficient, but humans are humans. Yeah. And Google is a very large company. They could always open up another studio. It's not um, like they don't have money to play, pay employees. Actually, YouTube and Google are actually running at a loss. They are so big that it's only because that they're a monopoly that they haven't collapsed yet. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they're calling for transparent content decisions, open up direct communication between the censors, the content department, and creators. Mm. Yeah. Tell us exactly why you're, you know, going after us. Yeah. And they also want to have, I think it's a week of leeway after a claim has been put down, whereupon that they can respond to it before the uh, impact sets in. Hmm. Because no. because yeah. what, right now what people will do is... Um, they'll flag a video. They'll flag a video as, as like, just as soon, like, as soon as you upload, like, for instance, let's say you're a YouTuber and Call of Duty Modern Warfare has just been released, the new one that they're doing. Mm-hmm. You release a big video on that. Someone instantly copyright strikes it. They get paid all of the money you get for that video mm. until um, you challenge it and get it taken down. Yeah. But they keep that money. And mm. understand it isn't just businesses. Yeah. You can do a nail polish channel and any person on YouTube can claim it. Yeah, mm. can claim it. Get and it takes a month minimum. For hmm. YouTube to have a proper reaction to it, yeah, yeah. So all somebody of the revenue got, yeah. of your month, which is most of your revenue, mm. just gets yoinked. And somebody got copyrighted for something by not the person, the original creator, because he had had permission from the original creator. He got copyrighted by somebody else because they didn't think he had permission to use it. Yeah, even though he had permission from the original person to use it. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, so they got that money. Um, they say pay for the views stop using demonetized channels as bait to advertise monetized videos so if you're watching a demonetized video YouTube like puts up a big long list of monetized videos alongside it Mm. for you to you know go over and have a look at so they're like stop doing that stop using demonetized channels because a lot of like for instance gaming content is demonetized Mm. because advertisers don't like gaming Um, stop using that to bait people into watching your other videos. Yeah. Um, uh, equal treatment of all partners. Stop preferring uh, some creators over others. No more YouTube preferred. Uh, so people like Logan Paul. Do you have you guys heard of him? Yeah. 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 He he is still a YouTube preferred alongside his brother. Jeez. Yeah. Um, For those of us like me who have no idea who you're talking about. He's a uh, guy that went into the Japanese suicide forest and videoed himself basically mocking a corpse that had hung itself. Yeah. Oh. That's... On camera and then played around with it. And then the next few videos were him tasering dead animals to see yeah, how and they then, flex and then the And then the backlash of that was so big, he made a like one video where he said, I'm sorry, and just, you know. And then he YouTube forgave him, yeah. which caused even more of a backlash. Whereupon it died down about three months later. Yeah, that's not okay in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And that guy is really sick in the head. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of YouTube uh, preferreds are very much like that. Now, now here's the funny thing as well: is like you get, for instance, uh, you get Logan Paul who said, "I'm sorry for doing that," and YouTube forgave him. And then you have someone like PewDiePie who made like a Genuinely, a really bad joke about mm. um, uh, homosexuals or something like that. Like, really, really bad. But, you know, he did a whole big thing about how, you know, it was, you know, a terrible decision. And YouTube has not forgiven him. He's, you know, horribly and, crucified and for And he's it. still the largest individual YouTuber instead of... Uh, he has just been replaced, I think, by... His largest YouTube channel, but not largest individual content creator. It's one guy. Yeah. Because the largest channel, uh, I've forgotten who they're called, but they just took him to 
just overtook him a few weeks ago. Mm. But that is a company channel and not, you know, yeah. mm. one guy. T-Series is what Yeah, that's called. it. What do they even do? They're a, a multi-channel, net, an Indian multi-channel network devoted to music. Oh, yeah, they're no, devoted def- to a lot more than just that. They have, like, music videos, yeah, documentaries, yeah. like, soap operas and stuff mm. like yeah, that. Yeah, I definitely see that one going on for forward for a long period of time. Mm. It's basically, like, TV for Indian people. Yeah, I know that, but quite a lot of the people that have su- subscribed are not mm. Indian. No, no, no. Um, India as a country is getting more and more connected oh, to the internet. I know, but the reason why they had so many people joining it is because YouTube also had a massive campaign in order to vote T-Series because they want to supplant PewDiePie mm. as the top uh, YouTuber. Um, yeah, well, anyways, uh, what the, the last thing that they want is YouTube to clarify their rules, bring out clear rules with clear examples about what is okay and what is not. Mm. You know, that would be good. That that'd be nice <laughs> for every YouTuber out there. Yeah. yeah, tell us what we can and cannot do. Um, so this has caused a bit of a stir, if I'm fair. Um, has YouTube responded yet? I don't think so. Because they did threaten that they'd take them to court. Hmm. Uh, YouTubers Union. All right, I think I might Google this after a break. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, during a break, rather. So, yeah, we'll be back with more after these songs. Yep. Almost said messages. Messages. <laughs> these after messages these from our songs. <laughs> after these messages. Yeah.
You're listening to Tune FM 106.9 and the Unix Radio Show, and I'm going to review a game. Oh, really? Yes. And what game would this be? This is a game called Executive Assault 2. Oh, what? God. What? Have you guys heard of it, or are no. you just reacting to the I name? Just the name. I think I may have. Executive Assault 2. That sounds like guys in black suits with, like, assault rifles going around <laughs> and shooting people. Or, or it's a bunch of... <laughs> or it's a bunch of people entering into an executive's building. Yeah. Now, um, Executive Assault, the idea of the series is it's a... Um, executive Assault 1 and 2 are RTS-FPS hybrids. Mm-hmm. Which is a genre that, you know, I want, I want an RTS-something-else hybrid. I'm just looking for a good one. Sadly, RTS doesn't really hybrid well. <laughs> uh, go with uh, Total War. Uh, particularly Med 2 yeah. or Medieval 2. Okay. A really good one. Okay. Um, but basically, uh, the point of the, uh, the of the point of the original Executive Assault is your standard RTS, you know, two players on a map, you're fighting against each other, that sort of thing, with the added functionality of you can take control of any of the unit in your game, any of the units uh, in your game and okay. have first-person control of it. Um Executive Assault 2 is a space-based version of that, kind of like, oh, um, I don't know. Think of a space RTS. Mm. <laughs> um, endless space or something like that. But um, the idea is really cool. I think it, you know, I think that if it's done right, it could be really mm. neat. But the issue is, is that um, for me, there doesn't feel like there's a lot of content. Yeah, there's not a lot of depth to it. Yeah. So, um, vehicles, uh, you know, vehicle on, vehicles on the um, RTS plane, when you're top-down looking at everything, directing stuff, they all move in a two-dimensional plane. Mm. Um, but when you take control of them, they move in a three-dimensional plane. Yeah. And the animations for them are incredibly basic. <laughs> um, this is a... Uh, this is a do 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 do, do thir- thirty six dollar oh um, game. Uh, with a very it's interesting. It has a very positive review score. Yeah, but it's but um, when I go through and look at the negative comments on Steam, lots of people say with all the positive reviews about this game, I expected there to be more. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, you know, this is great. There's so much complexity. And, you know, every time I play, I learn something new. And I'm playing it. I'm like, the tech tree is just about the most basic thing I've ever seen. Um, and it's a kind of a pain to just do as well. Yeah. Because there's no, like, it feels like there's no meaningful choice in it. It's, there's like one line you go down, kind of, and that's it. <laughs> um and then uh, one of the big components in it is, like, yes, it's got spaceship, but it's also got space stations, and you can spawn in units in that space station, uh, put a portal to an enemy space station, board their station, mm. which would be kind of cool, except for the fact that the pathfinding for the uh, units is really janky for some reason. Mm. So, like, just moving them across the, you know, to another room in my space station, I clicked for them to go there. They'd go there, get halfway there, and stop. Mm. And just, yep, we've arrived. No, you haven't. Keep going. (laughs) 
We've arrived. Nope. We've arrived. No. Stop it. <laughs> um, it'd be simpler if there was a way you could, you know, open your sector, select all of your units, then go to the enemy se- the enemy station, and then tell them to move in the enemy station. They path found between the two places just through the portal, mm. but they don't. So you wind up with this stupid sort of situation where everyone's crowded around the portal that you've opened up into the enemy's base, and you have to click the portal to get someone to go, th- like, to walk into the portal and thus get teleported to the other side. Yeah. But then they start, like, colliding through the portal, as in they all can't stack up on each other on the other side to get out, so you just sort of wind up with this traffic jam. Mm. So you've got to go to the enemy sector, move them out of this, you know, out of the way of the portal in a hostile station where they're being shot at yeah, to move the rest of them through. So it's a lot of back and forth and faffing around and it's kind of clunky. Oh, okay. You would think that, like, in that type of, like, assault situation, you wouldn't be focusing on what's happening. Yeah, instead of trying to f- jam people through a small hole. Yeah, so you want to, like, go, okay, everybody go here. And then, like, even if you just have to move mm. people out yeah. of the portal on the other end... At least you can do that instead of having to go move that guy out, then jump back to the other side, then move a guy in and mm. wait for him to pop up on the other side, then move him out. Yeah, you yeah. really want to be dealing with people on one side, not both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, the ships are incredibly slow and sluggish. Mm. It's like you start getting... So it's got... Uh, the classes are Starfighter, uh, then it's got Corvettes, Frigates, Cruisers... And that's, like, literally as far as I got through the game before I was just like, I'm done. Mm. (laughs) I'm refunding this. Um, And um, basically the main difference that I saw was they look different, they get a bit bigger, and they move even slower. And it's it's such a pain when you're trying to get together an assault to go forward. Then all of your little ships go zip straight into the enemies, die. And then the bigger ships just space themselves out because, you know, they're all so sluggish. How do you compare it to uh, a game potentially similar to it? Um, Empire at War. Um, I think Empire... Uh, the, the issue with it is, is that the, it's got a good idea, but there's no polish. Yeah. So Empire at Wars is a lot more polished. You know, it's a Star Wars game. It's got more polish. It's got things that make sense in it. Uh, and uh, are you talking about modern Star Wars or old Star Wars? Uh, um... Yeah, um, yeah. Old Star Wars had a lot more polish onto it, whereas nowadays it's a whole lot more. Mm. Well, it looks yeah. shiny, but it's not got much left to it. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like the Empire at War, Star Wars yeah. Empire at War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is a classic Star Wars RTS. Very good. If you haven't played it, it's it, well worth a try. But mods make it better because. The yeah. ground battles are a bit bland in basic version. Space and, battles are awesome. And the game came out in 2006, I think. Yeah. So it just, you know, even graphical overhauls are nice. Uh, um, how's the space combat compared to that? Because I know there's the least speed Very simplistic. Incredibly simplistic. Yeah, the only units I could actually get, I could tell to, like, directly attack anything were the starfighters that I was, that I was spawning in. I could select them, click on like this huge cruiser that the enemy had spawned in and that I could you know reliably click on to get them to attack it anything much smaller it's like the fighters at their base were spawning you, you just give up did they have anything so, like pinpoint defenses 
I think if I went down a certain point in the tech tree, but the yeah, because that's something that um, they ha- even with mods they haven't managed to factor into Empire at War because mm. is they just didn't have the technology back in two thousand five. Mm. Another another couple things was um, so all the ships move on a two dimensional plane if you're not in direct control of them, and f- I, as far as I can tell, they have friendly fire. Oh, and they're incredibly inaccurate. <laughs> so I had a bunch of ships, like clust of big capital ships, clustered around this um, this uh, warp point that the enemy was just sending in like mining vessels, unarmed mining vessels through. Mm. And my capital ships were taking damage. So the only thing I can think of that was causing that was the fact that they were shooting at each other in crossfire. Sounds realistic. Yeah, but it's frustrating and very annoying. Especially when everything's operating in a two-dimensional plane. Can you also repair your ships? That was, like, really far up the tech tree. (laughs) (laughs) The ability to repair your ships was one that I'd maxed out my unit cap of um, 50 before getting the ability to fix anything. Oh. Oh, God. So I was already winning the game at the point that I got the ability to repair stuff. Um, people say, you know, oh, I find the AI challenging and stuff like that, but it's like, I, it was a pushover. <laughs> they what, were. So, what, what level were you playing on? Like, easy, medium, hard? Um, I was playing on easy, and then I tried other difficulties as well, and it was just too easy. Mm. I think at, like, the high difficulty, they probably they might just have it, like, a ridiculous ramp up or something like that. The AI just cheats horrifically. Yeah. But um, on the lower difficulties, the AI. Um, have you guys played Sins of the Solar Empire? Briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So in Sins of the Solar Empire, neutral sectors are defended by like pirates, or in this case, it's they're called protesters because you're two <laughs> CEO, you're two company executives oh. at war with each other, yeah. and they are anti-business. Mm. It's like if you produce too many goods and sell them for money, uh, protesters come and attack your base. Yeah, sure, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, um, good storyline there. I know, right? Um, they couldn't get out of one side of their from one side of their homeworld because of the protesters. So I just had that entire side of the map to myself to build res- to get resources from mm. because they just couldn't get to me. Oh. There was just a wall of protesters. <laughs> And then the other side, I had blockaded it, like I said. Granted, I was shooting myself, so when my fleet actually attacked them, it was kind of half broken already. Mm. Um, uh, so it's like pathfinding AI in, in the base was janky. Um, the ships themselves moved really slowly. Like in first person, it looked really nice. It was a really good looking game. Mm. No complaints about that. Um, it's just that. Like, the UI feels clunky, like, really clunky. So it's like a typical game like that. You've got the F keys are different things. Yeah. But their locations have no rhyme or reason. Oh, okay. So it's like you'd have a list of, of um, like, in, typically in this sort of a game, you'd have, like, a list of menus you can bring up. Like, in yeah. Stellaris, you have a list of menus. And then the corresponding F1 keys, like, you know, are, like, generally in the same places as those buttons are in game. Yeah. So you got one, two, three, and four. So it's F1, F2, F3, F4. Mm. It was like F5, F1, F8, F3. I couldn't remember <laughs> the shortcuts to use them. Jeez. And the 
button icons were so unmemorable and confusing that it was a pain to try and find anything anyway. So how long did you play this game for? 70 minutes. Oh. Enough to, you know, do that and just say, you know what? It's an interesting concept. I really wish they'd made it better, mm. but I'm done. <laughs> Steam, Steam please refund. Oh, not good enough. You need to do at least another 36 hours. Mm. I know, but at the same time, I kind of want to be able to come in with the I get my money back thing. Mm. Yeah, like my brother failed to learn. He still hasn't uh, uh, gotten rid of, was it, Paradox's uh, latest game, uh, is it Nick? Imperator something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he still hasn't uh, refunded that game. <laughs> even though he has not yet gone over the time limits so that he can still refund it. Yeah. I think it also may have a day limit. Yeah, he hasn't factored that in. He should have gotten rid of it a few weeks, a few months ago. Mm. Mm. I don't think he's going to be able to refund it. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what... Um, he's a particularly lazy individual when it comes to that. I'm the one that has to clean up steam. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the company that I've had the best luck with um, for refunds and stuff like that um, is GOG. Mm. So Steam has, you know, if you play, if you have it for more than a month, I think it's like a month, you mm. can't refund it. If you play more than two hours of it, you can't refund it. Yeah. GOG's policy is if within 30 days after the purchase of a game you experience a technical problem or a game-breaking bug that com- that prevents you from um, finishing your game, contact customer support who will do literally everything they can to fix that game for you. Um, and if they can't, then they'll refund it. Mm. Um, so, like, in this case, I wouldn't have really been uh, eligible for... If this was full game, this is an early access, but then again, the original game, which is technically full release, feels like early access. Yeah. So I think it's one of those perpetually early access titles. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so if they can't fix it, then they'll refund it. Unless it's a, um, unless it's a uh, pre-order. Okay. Or not, not pre-order, um, in-dev, if it's early access. Oh, yeah. Um, then their um, refund policy changes. Mm. 14 days, no matter how long you've played it, no questions asked, you just refund it. Oh, okay. Boom, gone. Um, uh, then um, it passes over to their normal one from there. But yeah, you've got, so if you buy an early access game, 14 days, mm. you can just refund it. Oh, okay. Which is really nice, I think. So yeah, I would recommend GOG as a nice storefront in that regard. Certainly nicer than Steam. <laughs> oh, it's nicer than uh, what's the other one that they have? Uh, what's the one that Activision always uses? Blizzard. 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 Uh, Bla- no. Battle.net. Oh, oh sorry. Yeah. Um, I was thinking the well, War Thunder's one's a nightmare because it always has massive updates. Hmm. Mm. Then there's uh, sorry. Uh, what what is the one that they use for Assassin's Creed Origin? Origin. Yeah. Origin's horrible. It just chews up CPU and download speed yeah i think or origin um it's an origin just EA. yeah, yeah. It, it's you play it's you yeah <laughs> uh, it's not that one's not nice um and it's got its own graphical problems for when it launches games oh yeah my I've, although i will say my pet peeve in terms of launchers is like when you've got a game which is on steam yeah but require but 
you launch the game on Steam and it just brings up that game's launcher. Yeah. <laughs> like Warframe or something like that, or I think War Thunder does it too. I know maybe. that at least in uh, Empire at War, you need to do you need to use the launcher in order to play uh, Forces of Corruption because mm. if you do it the other way around, even if you click on um, Forces of Corruption in the Steam fi- in Steam folder, it will immediately bring up the original original game. I think it for me it's never done that. For me, all it's all it's asked is, do you want to play? Yeah, you know, when I double click the Steam, oh, yeah, it you asks. Need to, do you, you need to press it? you need to press play within the actual library itself. Yeah. But when, you know how when you can uh, hover over the icon down the bottom in Steam and it brings up your latest games? Yeah, yeah. If you press on that, if you press on Forces of Corruption, it will automatically bring up the original game. Oh, not the the expansion. Yeah. That's a weird little sort of glitch. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I absolutely hate when it has its own third-party launcher, because not only is that another login that you've got to have, or at least tied into your Steam account, um, because the launcher doesn't update, the game does. Mm. You know, I have, you know, like I have a friend who really, you know, sometimes really tries to get me to play uh, Warframe with them. Mm. And um, I'll be, sure, fine, whatever, and, you know, and then I'll fire it up, and then it comes to the launcher and says, oh, by the way, you have a 40 gigabyte update because you haven't been, you know, doing the incremental updates. I'm just like, why? It would be so I would be so much more okay playing this game if it wasn't for the fact that it didn't update through Steam. Mm. And then you got the problem of just all these various third-party uh, things taking up so much space on your seat on your computer. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think Origin takes up alone about 30 gigabytes. Mhm. Uh, Steam takes up around 2224. Okay. I discovered something recently about the Epic Launcher. Mm. For whatever reason, if you go to the, like, shortcut of the... If you create a shortcut to the executable um, of uh, an Epic game, and then, like, right at the end, you put in, like, of the, like, arguments that you can do through shortcuts Mm. to, like, tweak them a bit, you can actually put in there to not launch it with Epic. Yeah. And it just launches the game without launching the Epic launcher. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's an idea. <laughs> that that's that's a neat idea. I don't know if it's just something that they've never considered to prevent doing. I don't know if it's a bug or a feature. Yeah. But whatever, it's pretty it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah, my review of Executive Assault, don't bother with either of them. They look cool. <laughs> For some reason, the reviews are like massively skewed positive for both of them. Uh, Could that be to the do because of Steam? Um, because of what happened with Borderlands with everybody needing no, it's not. No, it's not review bombing. Steam uh, makes sure that uh, these sorts of things uh, are at least moderated. No, it'd probably be the actual. I'm not claiming anything, but mm. it may or may not be. Uh, a there's few bots on There's the nothing that stops developers from getting bots or just paying people to leave good reviews. Yeah, it's been pretty notorious on Steam. Hmm. Or there's so many other products, like um, Bethesda. Yeah. When they were releasing the... Uh, 76 Nuka- and... Yeah, 70, or like when they were releasing the Nuka-Cola rum. Before they released it, their store page for the product had like been 10 flooded. or 15... Like, yeah, had a whole bunch of five-star reviews. Mm. Oh. And Reddit noticed things like Bethesda, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they also did it on Amazon and eBay, which goes against the terms of service. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, they also had a lot of uh, review bombing, uh, positive review bombing for various uh, DLCs and whatnot. Uh, I'm not too sure whether they've done anything like that for Youngbloods, uh, Wolfenstein Youngbloods. Mm. I wouldn't be too surprised because it hasn't been doing all that well. But, yeah. Yeah, okay, we saw so a video yeah. on that. We're like, oh, my God, that's horrific. I tried getting you guys to watch it for a while. I've tried bringing it up for the last three weeks. It's a disaster. Okay, so now I'm just going back across. <laughs> I'm going back again through the reviews. The accounts that made the reviews seem to be fairly legit, you know. 367 products in account, 116 mm. products in account, but they all have very little hours in the game. Yeah. They, you know, haven't played the game a lot. So if I go over to negative, there's a higher average, but then a lot of people have, you know, you know, some people who have played the game lots and just said, don't bother. Some people who picked it up, who obviously just picked it up and said, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't mm. good. Um, um, so, yeah, it's, maybe something's there, I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, don't buy it, it's terrible. And I thought for once in our lives, let's review a bad game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's well, have a negative review. I do have to see, say, for all of Steam's faults, it generally has some of the least censorship out of any of the flat platforms. That's because they, like, they literally say, we don't bother like looking at anything. Well, you can <laughs> literally find porn games on Steam. You, there's, a, there's a game on Steam, which is, um, uh, it's like one of those pre-listings. So it's like pre-listed before it's been actually released. Mm. It's, not early, it's not early access or pre-order. It's like coming soon. They've all, yeah, coming soon. Um, all of the screenshots of the game are screenshots of Battlefield 1942, and the description that they put in of the game is the same description from the Battlefield 1942 <laughs> marketing, with them just putting in the new title in it. Hmm. And it hasn't come out yet, so people are like, is this just a cracked Battlefield 1942, or is it something else entirely? And they've just slapped this stuff on to, you know, get people to buy it. I know, it's Waifu Wars 1942. Hmm. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, let's leave Steam's interesting wor uh, <laughs> sales practices and go on to a music break. You've been listening to Tune FM 106.9 and the Unix Radio Show, and we will be back shortly. Tune FM. dress I like Those hills make you six feet high And in the taxi you're trying to put your makeup on While singing the words to your favorite song My God, it's been a while Since the last time I saw you smile Sometimes life gets so crazy that we can forget All the little things we did back when we first met Suddenly the room grows quiet I'm lost in your eyes It feels like we're all alone As the lights go on It's getting late Wish we could stay like this 
just leaving us all alone And this moment's like this, I never wanna let go We're still those two kids putting on a show Standing in the room, so quiet I'm lost in your eyes It feels like we're all alone As the lights go on It's getting Forever Dancing till both our feet ache My love Nothing can break These arms In your
fields of execution Turned to wasteland from the grass Thou shalt go no further, it was said they shall not pass The spirit of resistance and the madness of the war So go ahead, face the land, join the dead, though you die where you lie, never asking why Welcome back to the UNE Radio Show on Tune FM 106.9. The UNE Radio Show. Yeah, the yeah. UNE Radio Show. We're, we're it. Nobody else does anything <laughs> around here. We're uh, simply the gaming hours. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're um, the gaming hour and like the other people do the other things. And <laughs> I don't even know. It's like whenever I hop onto the radio and listen to it, I'm always coming in like typically during music or like some random show and I've got no clue what they're on about. <laughs> Like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about with, like, what your show is supposedly about. I'm surprised people would know what we're about <laughs> with the amount of stuff that we to talk be fair, about. If you want me to find something that's off track completely, Razor's adding RGB lighting to its car. It's guaranteed. It's confirmed now. Oh, nice. Not <laughs> well, I mean, of course it was. It was Wait, Razor. Did we even talk about the car last week? I think we've talked about it a little bit over, like, a couple weeks. Um, but, like, Razor's making a car, guys. Yeah. It's, I think it's only being released in... 88 are being made and it's only being released to the Chinese. Yeah. It's like only 88, only released in China. Mm-hmm. It's like an SUV that has like the Razor logo on the back of it. Oh, yeah. Like on the to be honest, sides. Okay, so here's the thing. All right. Typically, I don't like Razor's color scheme and oh, their yeah. products and stuff like that because they're too gamery. Mm. That's why I like Logitech because Logitech is just, you know, their like mid-range stuff is nice and looks good. Yeah. But I don't mind their car. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it has Razer chroma lighting for smart cars. Instead of just Razer chroma lighting for, you know, gamers, it's for smart cars. <laughs> Does that mean it's made out of cheap plastic? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it is made, probably made in China for Chinese, so it's probably also really small. Well, if it's made for the Chinese upper market, then but it may have mysteriously been produced in Germany. Uh, so hold on, I just I just continued reading that bit of marketing comment there, and it. So let me just read it out in full. Razor chroma lighting for smart cars will enable customizable lighting effects for the passenger compartment, audio visualization features, synchronization, and game integrations by tapping into the ambient RGB lighting controls of NIO smart electric vehicles for a truly immersive experience. What? Gaming into a question. Gaming integration. In car. 
Does it have a 10-inch touchscreen? Is it, is it going to be? He's like, yes, I'm going to fire up Project Cars 2 <laughs> and take my car for a drive. <laughs> I can drive while I drive. It's like this electric car has uh, speakers in that makes the appropriate vroom-vroom noises of any popular sports car. Oh, <laughs> it, it would be funny if like they could also integrate the actual steering wheel and the actual, <laughs> like pedals into oh that'd game. be great if there was like you know under the fueling cap was just a like an hdmi port or it's like <laughs> usb ports so you just plug your pc into and now you've got peripherals oh no you turn the you turn the wind the front screen into a bloody computer <gasps> oh yeah that would be great the uh, chinese would probably just, pull it off it's just you have to have the car actually turned off to play any game though mm. but don't you know that's the best way to play it whilst in motion <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you had a virtual reality uh, s- switched version of the of the screen so you could still drive around the place but it si- simply put sort of a background recoloring or something like that. A nice. simple that is actually a car. <laughs> yeah. Just like the driving around. testing thing they trialed I think over in uh, parts of Australia and the UK and America. Hmm. Joys. They plug into a car and then put a virtual reality thing right in front of the windscreen. Cool. Okay. Um, and in other tech news as well, AMD has just released their second generation Epic processors, which are their more workload mm. processors. Um, it is a. Uh, they've launched three different CPUs. They are 64 core, 128 thread CPUs. What? That's a lot of CPU. That's a lot of CPU. That's a Okay, just to put that in perspective, my PC is four cores. Yeah. I don't know how many threads actually. Is that RAM or That's that that's oh, so um that's cores as in the so CPU. Each, so the way the ah, yeah, yeah. the way that CPUs work is you've got um like in a one core can only do like really one sort of thing at a time. Yeah. So like the more so many processes. Yeah, so that's why old Intel cores, old Intel CPUs with one core or their, you know, two core ones that aren't, explain my laptop. Aren't very good cuz they can't do a lot of stuff at once. Mm. And Intel and AMD have always had this thing it's like, oh, you put in more cores and then you have hyperthreading which basically makes each core think it's two cores. Mm. So you can double the amount of effective computes you can do yeah um so yeah th- there's like yeah would you like i think intel's thing is like their most expensive one goes up to like 64 cores this one has 64 cores how expensive uh-huh. is it uh these are like uh data center ones so they're probably going to be expensive yeah yeah okay so the top model with 64 cores, 128 threads, running at 2.25 gigahertz. That's respectable. Boosting to 3.4 with a TDP of 225 watts. Oh, geez. Sucks um, a lot of power. It does suck a lot of power. It I also, mean, guess it what else it, guess what else it sucks? Heat. Uh, six thousand nine hundred and fifty US from your wallet. Oh, <laughs> oh! Re- rephrase that again. <laughs> Did you say six thousand? Six thousand nine hundred and fifty US. Not that's the most. Almost a th- uh, that's over a thousand in Aussie. No, it's six thousand nine hundred and something in no, US. Th- that means yeah. it's about ten grand here. Hold on, I'm just doing the conversion now. That's that is ten thousand two hundred and eighty-nine dollars. Sorry, I Still forgot. Not to, the most hey, expensive CPU. Sorry, I forgot to factor in that extra zero. Mm. 
Yeah. yeah. So not the most expensive CPU that's been out there. Yeah. But in saying that, you're probably going to put two of them in a server rack. <laughs> that's a lot of CPU. <laughs> that's a lot of CPU. That's a freaking server cruncher. Um, so their code name, so they're the Epic line of processors, and this these particular ones are called Rome because, oh. you know, you don't run Rome in a day. <laughs> um, so is it going to burn down when the vandals arrive? To be honest, with the amount of heat this thing would be producing. So they've got a program called Nero playing the flute. Yeah. Um, Jeez, that's so much power. I believe these are also using that. Yeah, I think these are also using the 7 nanometer process as well. Oh, okay. Well, they'll only become more efficient as they uh, as they extend the upgrades mm. yeah well if they're using their seven nanometer architecture then that's only like fairly new stuff yeah, yeah. well the other thing is is um, they have um, eight seven nanometer CPU chiplets so mm. the one CPU is made out of eight little ones yeah um, a 14 nanometer IO die which can support up to eight channel DDR4 at RAM mm. Um, and PCIe 4. Yeah. Because AMD's really jumping on PCIe 4. Might as well. Yeah. Um, and their second generation Infinity Fabric is what connects all of that together. Yeah. Which means that you can actually decouple all eight of those CPU chiplets from each other frequency-wise and decouple them from the RAM frequency. Oh. Which means that if you want your um, RAM to be boosted up above what your CPU normally runs at, you can. Mm. If you want your CPU to be boosted above what your uh, RAM is normally running at, and then really tighten up your RAM timings, mm. you can, and that actually is a massive performance boost. So this is like ridiculously customizable with all the things to plug in it. And all the power too, I mean, 225 watts. Oh my God. <sighs> You're gonna have to have like a at least a, um, it, I, I'm thinking that like this is like a server grade thing. Yeah, these are server grade. Things. So you have two of them plus all your GPUs and everything else. You're gonna need a, like a thousand watt power supply minimum. So you know how the other thing is is that AMD pro like consistently nails prices significantly below yeah. Intel's. Um, so the top of the range Intel Xeon CPUs, which are their CPU cores, mm. CPU systems. Um, so like I said, this is a $6,950 system, uh, mm. CPU, with 64 cores, 128 threads. Mm. Intel's competition is 28 cores, 56 threads, Yeah, from between $10,000 to $13,000. Yeah. <laughs> you can pay half <laughs> for twice as much. <laughs> More than twice. More than twice as much. Also, how's the uh, installers and the updates for AMD compared to NVIDIA? Uh, AMD is pretty good, I think. Yeah, because NVIDIA drivers got a lot of problems. For drivers and drivers and support and stuff like that is pretty good. I've never had an AMD. Um, I, I do. I have an AMD system. No, an AMD graphics card. Oh, graphics card. Um, I think they're all right. I've never they're, had one, so I don't I think their their graphics card side of things isn't currently going ahead in leaps and bounds like mm, their yeah. CPU side. I'm just really keen for like the next couple of years <laughs> when uh, Intel busts out their, their GPUs. Yeah, well, um, their, oh, their GPUs. Yeah, because Intel's getting into the dedicated GPU market. Mm. 
don't know what that's going to be like. Yeah, I think yeah. my dad got one of the later, latest ones. I th- the, the thing when the computer starts up it says gigabyte. Yeah. Uh, so that he could be having that's a mishmash of all three. Uh, gigabyte, that that's a motherboard. That's a motherboard. Ah, yes, a motherboard. Yeah, I'm not very good at computer construction. Mm. But, um, yeah, so uh, I know that my big computer back home at least does have GPU as well. Yeah, It it literally has it when you bring up Task Manager. It has GPU as an extra function. Mm. Oh, okay, like where it says like tasks, processes, something, something, GPU. CPU, network, and GPU right at the end. Well, and it hasn't even fitted in for all of the different program files. So you have some of them where it's there, some of them where it's not. Mm. Yeah. Well, normally when you click in, um, what is it? Uh, performance. Yeah. I think the tab that has all the stuff in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Th- that's where all yeah. like that type of stuff is. So. Uh. But yeah, it's just AMD is looking good for the next couple of years. So, so someone's gone because first off, um, Intel just can't do seven nanometer yet they yeah. just they went after 10 too hard so someone did someone did a thing it's got you know 100 percent the core count 90 percent the performance 50 percent the memory <laughs> bandwidth um 128 lanes of pcie 4 <laughs> uses 20 percent less power for 40 percent less the price <laughs> but i don't know 100 reason to remember the name I don't know. I feel like, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love the feel ingenuity. Like Intel is just being really, really um, kind of left in the dust. Yeah, well, they're just, I think they're just about to release their um, Ice Lake CPUs, which is their new stuff, their 10 mm. nanometer yeah. stuff. But that's I, the problem. They're releasing new 10 nanometer. <laughs> See, the thing is, yeah, they didn't get seven nanometer, but mm. you know, yeah, they're Intel. They're gonna f- like they've always been like a bit more quality yeah. based, yeah, rather than like you know core count or that type of stuff. Besides, most of the time, um, like a consumer like me and you, mm. we don't need like 28 cores. We don't need 64 cores. Yes. We hardly need eight cores. Now, yes. now uh, AMD does pref- does do better for like work workloads. Intel yeah. still, um, Intel, not anymore because AMD's new CPU is just better. Like yeah. the newest one is just better. Um, but traditionally, Intel has been better for gaming because they have more power and less cores. Mm. And gaming is very much favors that yeah like uh gaming takes like generally like what two to four cores like it's yeah. never really above that. that much it's like sometimes up to six um it depends some... on the like i know fallout 4 takes up a lot the same with fallout 6 they take up a lot more than the average to the point where we had to we had to get a whole new computer system thankfully ours had fried by that point mm. but we had to basically reroute upgrade the computer severely in order to be able to play something like that yeah okay mm. well i i haven't really heard of any game taking up too much like honestly eight cores at the moment that's is all a we need decent amount yeah uh, yeah um but when you're doing like heavy workloads such as like video like editing mm. like rendering Stuff like, like the filming industry or something. I can't yeah. wait. I just can't wait for Linus Tech Tips to get a hold of one of these things. It's like, <laughs> I know that you're, you know, we've got one of them. You can put two of them. 
But we're going to find a motherboard that has like four of them and just <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Well, well you we know the system that the guy who's making Astartes is working with. Mm. So, yeah, like when you're using, like when you're doing in that type of industry, like the filming industry, you do need a lot more cores. Yeah. Cause to be honest, the filming industry is, um, first off, the release of the RTX line mm. has just been amazing because I've got family who work in the filming industry. Yeah, the RTX line has been amazing. This new car, this new thing, will also be amazing. Mm. So, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, did you know how much it used to take? How long it used to take to just do thirty seconds of dialogue back in the nineties? Mm. Over a hundred hours of rendering. Yeah, jeez. Oh, I know that. Um, 3D rendering and ray trace because the, the film industry has done ray tracing for a really long time. Mm. It's just that they have huge, huge server farms yeah. dedicated to rendering. rendering it. And, you know, that's what some of the high end RTX line was like, kind of felt like it was pointing at. It's like, mm. hey, you know, oh, well, this will uh, be slightly less server. Room well, you'll have to use. Wasn't it for yeah. real time ray tracing though? Yeah, but that means it can do ray well, tracing faster. Yeah, <laughs> it can render it faster. Mm. Um, so, are there any last minute sponsors that you want us to bring up? Yes, oh, well, uh, the Uneg Sausage Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say, brought ourselves. to you by Nick, <laughs> uh, the head chef, the head chef, and um, <laughs> just total all around great guy who. <laughs> So if you want your uh, sausages burnt, like I normally do half the bloody time, yeah, oh, no, turn off the light. Turn off actually. his light and he burns your sausages <laughs> real good. Well, I'd rather them they be burnt than not cooked at all, okay? This is fair. I, I don't want to poison our customers. Well, at this, this point, you haven't burnt them. You simply haven't done enough onion to go with it. That was because I only used one bag of onion, yes. To be honest, we like, always day. run out of onion. It's oh, yeah, just, we always run out of it's onion. It's such a pain. But then again, everyone's like, I would like like a tiny little bit of bread, put my sausage on it, and then go mental with the sauce and just empty the tray of onion on top. Yeah. And then at the begin at the end of last trimester, nobody touched the onion. Yeah. So it's a bit I, hit and miss sometimes. Mm. So yeah, Games Night is on tomorrow from six. Please come and join us. It'll be great. We'll have stuff. VR, board games, consoles, uh, people from other clubs that yeah, worked out that game night actually exists. <laughs> yeah, um, Magic the Gathering PCs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Also have sausage sizzle drinks, which are a dollar each. Unless you want Red Bull, in which case it's two dollars fifty, because that's the only energy drinks we have left. Yeah, we still have some of them from the twenty-four hour. Yes, and we do. Y- yeah, and you stuck them all with the Schweppes and the Solos. <laughs> um, uh, we had no other option. Right? We've got a podcast. Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah, um, we've uh, the you and uh, the tune has um, had a bit of troubles with the internet lately, so it doesn't go up straight away. Yeah. So you might have to come back a couple of days later if you want to. Um, mm. If IT, you want to yeah. see the IT thing. did a thing. It usually yeah. shows up past midday the very next day. Typically, mm. however, IT's done a thing and now it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week at six o'clock as usual. Yep. And I think I'll leave everyone with the glorious music of our amazing outro, Africa, which is the only song on the podcast that doesn't get played because it plays all the music between our break in our breaks, mm. except for the last song. Aww. So the outro, so our outro is never on the podcast. Aww. So um, 
Listen to the radio instead because it's just superior. You <laughs> yeah. get to listen to Africa every week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's us, guys. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.